0: Welcome to the Let's Ditch Misophonia podcast. I'm your host, Brooklyn, and I suffered from misophonia for more than 20 years before finally eliminating it through unconscious reprogramming, using modalities like neurolinguistic programming, hypnotherapy, rapid resolution therapy, and more. The goal of this podcast is sharing how unconscious reprogramming can help you lessen trigger sounds, alleviate suffering, and create more joy in your life. You deserve to do the things you love with the people you love uninterrupted. Welcome to another episode of the Let's Stitch Misophonia podcast. I am happy you are here. And today we're going to be talking about how some of the training that I use to eliminate my own misophonia and I've used with my clients, how that training can actually start generalizing to other areas of your life. And again, if you hear the little pitter patter, I apologize, that's my dog walking around. Hopefully he'll chill out soon. Uh, But yeah, so today we're going to talk about how this training can generalize to other areas of your life, and I'm specifically talking about the modality of rapid resolution therapy or RRT. If you don't know what RRT is, I highly encourage you to check out the show notes. I highly encourage you to go to the rapid resolution therapy website and you can learn all about it. It was founded by Dr. John Connolly, and it's a really, really unique framework that can help you reprogram so many different things in your life. And so today I'm gonna talk about one area of my life where these things are starting to show up. So as we know, I eliminated my misophonia after 20 years of suffering. And one of the main things involved in reprogramming misophonia is helping my unconscious mind understand that these sounds aren't actually a threat. They aren't dangerous. And because I've done that work, my ma- my mind is now starting to generalize that to other things that I once perceived as a threat or dangerous. So for example, I used to be deathly afraid of spiders, some people can relate some people might think that's really silly but i used to be so afraid of them that i couldn't even be in the same room as one so i would have to like call people or ask someone for help to come kill them or come come remove them because i couldn't even be in the same room as them and eventually i got to the point where okay i was living on my own in my own apartment and so i had to learn to deal with them somehow so like the smaller ones i would just let them go and try to forget about it or I had a Swiffer that was primarily used as a spider killer. So I would use that as well. But I even remember being in my apartment once and I had these curtains that went over, like you thread them through a, or you thread a curtain rod through them basically. And there was this really weird, I thought it was huge. I thought it was a really big spider and I had never seen anything like it. So it really freaked me out. I He was like stuck in the the little space that you thread the curtain rod through. And so I was trying to get him out and trying all these different techniques. And eventually, I can't remember if I got him out before my mom. I think I got him out of the curtain because I knew it was a spider. Yes, that's what happened. So I got him out of the curtain because I knew it was a spider, but I didn't see what he looked like until I got him out of that little pocket. And then when I saw him, I was like, hell no. I am not equipped for this. I cannot handle this. I was single at the time. So who did I call? I called my mother (laughs) who came over. She only lived like five minutes away, so it wasn't a huge deal, but she had to come to my apartment. I think I was like 25 years old, 24 years old at the time, probably 24. And she had to come to my apartment to come get this spider, which she ended up like collecting in a Tupperware container or something and then throwing outside. But like, that's how afraid I was. It would literally like, my body would be shaking. I'd be crying. Like, that's how scared I was. It was a really serious phobia, right? And it's because my brain was seeing this creature and saying, okay, danger, threat. It was almost a response of like disgust, right? Like I just, especially like killing them and squashing them. It just, it freaked me out. And I had this irrational fear that if I tried to go up to one and kill it, it would like jump back at me or something. Flash forward to moving in with my now fiance, Doug, he had this technique where he would use the vacuum hose, like the attached hose, and just sweep up all of these bugs, which if you think about it is pretty genius because then you don't have to like clean up any remains. You don't have to hear the crunching sound. You just sweep them up. I couldn't do that for the longest time because it felt too personal. It felt like somehow the spider was going to like get sucked up but then miss the hose and fly back at me again this is totally irrational right or it would like crawl on the hose and like jump at me again like this doesn't make any sense but it took me probably a year before i started sweeping up spiders or other like bugs with the hose okay so like we're making progress but not really and so even just like a week ago i think it was maybe two weeks ago i have a ton of plants and i was getting one down it's like higher up on a a plant cabinet so it's above my head and i was getting this plant down and as i picked it up there was a spider like one of those jumping spiders on the plant and i was face to face with it scared the crap out of me thankfully i didn't drop the plant i just like set it down on the ground really quickly because i didn't want to break the it was in a glass container and so i ended up trying to like use the vacuum hose to knock this spider off the jar so eventually i could vacuum it up and then i was so scared because the spiders in the vacuum tank i was so scared of the spider i couldn't even empty the vacuum tank so i just left the vacuum in uh, we call it the pet porch it's like a three seasons room because all the pet stuff is in there and the plants so i just left it in there and i was like hey doug can you empty out this canister when you get home And it's just, that's how irrational my mind was that it was, it just created this fear. And because I was avoiding spiders and continuing to go out of my way to like find creative ways to kill them because I was so scared, that fear got worse and worse and worse until eventually like, you know, I had to figure out something because I was living on my own and then moving in with my partner. He knew he wasn't always home. I spend more time at home than he does. And so anyway, all of this to say, very, very afraid of spiders. However, I think it was like a week after, and I forgot to even mention this on my socials when I told this story, I think it was like a week after that spider on the glass container incident, there was one on the wall in our bedroom. And I told Doug, I was like, kill it, kill it, kill it. And I don't remember why he didn't, but I ended up getting it myself, which is like with a tissue, which is something that I normally would never be able to do. Like that's too close and personal for me have not been able to do it but I was able to do it throw it away no big deal. Flash forward to today there's one of those like bigger they're not huge I tend to exaggerate the size of spiders I've been told but there's one of those bigger like it's got to be at least dime sized at least you know what my neighbor saw it so check with him okay but it was one of those like dime sized jumping spiders again the same one that I found on my plant the one I was so afraid of that I like swept it up with a vacuum and then refused to touch the vacuum. And when I saw it, my first instinct was to get a cup and a piece of paper and release this thing outside. Never, never in my life have I felt confident or empathetic enough toward a spider to capture and release it, right? For me, it's always been this fear response of like, how do I end this thing's existence so that I am safe? And so I ended up getting a cup, slid the paper under it, no big deal, walked outside. Then I had to wait forever because he didn't want to leave the cup. At one point, he actually crawled out and then immediately crawled back in. That's actually when my neighbor walked by because they were walking their dog. And so I had to explain to him this capture and release mission that I was on. Um, But yeah, I got my cup back. I came back inside and... He's I don't know probably trying to find a way to come back into our house I imagine but uh, that's the downside of releasing them outside is they just come right back in but anyway I I've never been able to do that and the wild thing is that I did not actively work on my fear of spiders I did not go to an RRT practitioner specifically for my phobia of spiders however here is here is why I think that this is starting to happen. My reaction to spiders was very similar to how I used to react to trigger sounds. It was the same feelings of like disgust, fear, and like my life is in danger. That's how I felt when I heard, you know, whistling, throat clearing, those other sounds. And so, because my brain finally recognized, oh, these things aren't actually life threatening, it's starting to generalize it to other things that I consciously know aren't life threatening. I consciously know that this jumping spider is not going to kill me, right? A a bigger spider in different parts of the world, sure, that that could probably kill me if it bit me, but like this particular spider, consciously I know it's not a threat to my life, but unconsciously I've developed this fear. And when your unconscious and conscious are at war, or I shouldn't say at war, but when they're miscommunicating, it's almost always the unconscious that wins over willpower. However, again, because the responses to spiders were so similar to sounds, my brain is starting to generalize. And it's starting to see and align with my conscious awareness without me even having to consciously try to rewire this fear. And that is something that I think is really, really cool. So basically what I'm saying is, RRT is an amazing modality. Yes, I used it for my misophonia. Yes, I use it with my clients. But it can be used for so many things. So if you're if there's anything that you're struggling with, I really encourage you to try out RRT. Now, of course, if you work with me one-on-one or if you happen to my group coaching program, we'll use RRT for misophonia as a part of the program. And I will also introduce you to resources that can help you reprogram other areas in your life. But if there's something else that you want to work on, or maybe you specifically just wanna use RRT and you don't wanna incorporate the other modalities that I do, I highly recommend finding a practitioner who can work with you because it is an amazing modality. And the other thing that I wanted to talk about is that when I started, so I cleared my own misophonia and I knew right away, I wanna help other people do this. I talked about this in the first episode, Especially already being in the coaching space, I knew that, okay, it is now my mission to help other people get to where I'm at as well. And I was legitimately nervous that if I started working with people, it might re-trigger my misophonia or I might develop it again because I'm spending so much of my time, sorry, that's my dog whining, because I'm spending so much of my time thinking about and talking about misophonia. And I'm hearing the emotions and reactions and experiences of people who are still actively being triggered by it. And so I was really worried that that was gonna ha- you know, make misophonia redevelop in myself. But it's actually been the opposite. The more that I work with people, the more that I create these resources, it actually clears it for me even more. Because while I'm doing sessions with these clients, my unconscious mind is also soaking all of that up, which is just really, really cool. So I'm interested to see how this mindset is going to generalize to even more areas of my life. But I really wanted to put this episode together because it's something that I just experienced today, something that I thought was humorous because I, you know, again, the irrational fear that I had of, of spiders, it's probably more intense than maybe some other people have experienced, to then being able to capture this thing and release it. I mean, it's a total, it's a total turnaround. So I thought it was really cool. And also, again, just another plug for the modality of RRT. And if you are wanting to work one-on-one with me to use uh, RRT, we'll use EFT, hypnosis, meditation. There's all these different modalities that I combine for us to do together. If you want to work together to help lessen your trigger sounds, alleviate your suffering, create more joy in your life, you can check out the show notes. I have a link there where you can fill out an application for one-on-one coaching. Or you can also either sign up for the group program if we still have spots left, or you can hop on the waitlist for the next round. It is six weeks. The next round might be a little bit longer, we'll see. This is the beta launch, so we're kind of working out the kinks. And you get live coaching calls with me, you get all of these modules of content, there's workbooks, there's additional resources, there's audios and meditations, and there's just so much in that program that again is gonna help you lessen the suffering that you experience from misophonia. And I'm so excited to offer that. So thank you for listening to this quick episode. Make sure you leave a rating, leave a comment, and subscribe. And I will catch you in the next episode.